Hi, I'm Noelle. And I'm Mariana. And this is The, the Bliss, Bliss Project. Project. We decided to start this podcast to share topics and information we are both passionate about. And our intention is to share a positive message as we dive into wellness, spirituality, self-love, alignment, and how life evolves along the way. And while having fun, of course. So join us each week as we connect, explore, and grow with one another and, and you. you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. Um, this conversation came about from another guest that we had on who was kind enough to introduce us to this guest who has an amazing story uh, that led her to some pretty phenomenal things that are happening into her life. Today, we're talking to Cheryl B. Inglehart. Yes, and Cheryl is a Grammy-nominated New Age composer and recording artist. She has been a musician for as long as she can remember, but it wasn't always New Age, or, or was it? She made music for commercials, trailers, films, meditation apps, and social justice choirs, plus her own four pop records, all before landing inside New Age. The reason she writes music, usually while she's having some sort of experience like traveling cross-country on a train or stuck in a half-abandoned mountain town in Greece, is to ground, center, relax, and empower listeners so they can do the same and have their own experience. Cheryl is a trauma-informed master coach and uses that skill set to mentor other independent musicians as well in her mastermind, Amplify. Cheryl, welcome to our podcast. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you for that intro. That was so accurate and concise. <laughs> Isn't it always fun too to hear about yourself? Like when somebody reads oh like God, all yeah. your accomplishments and everything you've done. Yes, it's like, I've oh, done all this. Wow, wow. that's me. I've done like, it all. I her? She sounds fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, exactly. you, you sound very fun and we want to get to know you more. So we always like to start our podcast with having our guests tell us about themselves and their journeys and where they are now. Um, yeah, I mean, you did such a good job. I, I have always been into music. I think I started playing the piano when I was like two or three, some like, you know, Cheryl likes chopsticks, like little kid music. <laughs> um, it always felt like a hobby, but I knew that my parents were musical and artists. I mean, my dad was an engineer, but he could sit down and play anything on the piano, like one of those jazz guys and not really know what he was playing, but could just do it. And I was not like that. I really had to study, um, but I loved being in choirs. I was in the bell choir. I was in like madrigal groups and acapella groups in college. Um, and it was always, you know, it was always this like artistic outlet hobby. I was in musicals. I love theater. Um, but I went to college thinking I was going to get into marine biology or maritime law, something having to do with the oceans. And my advisor uh, noticed that I was taking a lot of music electives. It was an arts and science school <laughs> at Cornell. And he was like, you know, if you take like two more classes, you can be a double major. And I was like, that sounds overachieving. Let's do it. So, <laughs> you know, it became sort of equal, equal parts in, in my GPA. And it was the first time that I really saw that it was, it mattered as much as something that was more traditionally like the job route. Um, not that like scuba diving for the government, which was my first job out of college uh, is <laughs> traditional, but you know, so yeah, that, that kind of led me down. Uh, I really got my tech chops. I, I loved uh, music technology. And that's sort of what I focused on inside of that major and writing for films and all of the tech behind how do you sync up music to a story and, and media and things like that. So um, yeah, one thing led to another and I ended up doing the science job, finding my way to New York City and, and realizing that I really wanted to follow music and got some jobs in advertising music. And then that led me to recording a couple songs and touring with a band and recording more albums. And, you know, long seven albums later, now I'm nominated for a Grammy. And that's the story. Yay! Yay. Congratulations. Uh, that's well, amazing. <laughs> and I'd like you to tell a little bit, if you can, you know, I'm going to go back a little bit just of having a previous conversation with you about the vision you kind of had for this like 20 years ago and how you kind of put it out into the world that this was going to happen for you. Yeah, it was. I mean, once I had sort of transitioned from science to music and thinking, okay, let me let me try this music career thing as a career. I got a lot of like, what are you doing with your life? You know, all of the standard questions that one gets when they switch from like somewhat stable job to somewhat non-stable job. And <laughs> I, I remember it was my. If anyone's into numerology, you're gonna love this. Um, <laughs> it was my twenty-third birthday on February 23rd, 2003. Your golden year, yeah. Um, and so, yes, my golden year. And I was just starting, just starting to record my very first album. I had already um, sort of 
worked in a recording studio as a as an intern and I was like let me like try to do a couple of my own songs and I'm watching the Grammys with my best friend from middle school and high school and she's like you could get a Grammy and I hadn't even like I didn't even know what what the process was and it was like seed planted Mm. on (laughs) February 23rd you know my 23rd birthday yeah Yeah. (laughs) now we're we're back in a 23 year and you know it took me until you know, my first album came out in 2004 and then 2007 to like I had a bunch of albums out. I hadn't even looked into what it took to it was just kind of this thing that was sitting in the back there. But all of my passwords for my bank accounts, everything was like Grammy by 30 Grammy or bust. But it was oh, such wow. a funny thing to like be obsessed with, but not even know that I had qualified to submit for the Grammys well before I actually joined the Recording Academy, which is only eight years ago. And uh, and it was only really four years ago that I started entering and and focusing and and figuring out like, what is the strategy to get nominated? And when I had shifted from pop to new age, I realized that the pond was a lot smaller. I was a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Suddenly things started to become possible in a way that I hadn't imagined 20 years ago. So it was kind of this like 20 year nebulous dream, eight years of actually being possible to three years, four years, like all in figuring it out. So it's not totally accurate to say I've been working on this for 20 years i've been dreaming about it for 20 years but really working on it for about four i would say i don't know well, i love that yeah like yeah, that, yeah putting that intention out there you know and having that that seed planted that just was kind of talking to you and guiding yeah. this guiding force you know maybe yeah. without you even realizing it it's funny how like that things like that can happen Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've since changed all my passwords. So don't try to get into <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, be careful. Yeah. I'm way not 30 anymore. I'm like way past 30. Like that was super inaccurate. But, uh, hey, sometimes they yeah. take a little more time. Well, how has your own healing journey too, like played a role in the shift in your music from like pop to new age? Because yeah. I feel like that's definitely a different, a pivot. You yeah. made a pivot. Yeah. I was going to say, it yeah, was such, it was such a pivot. That's a great question. I mean, I had always and I didn't know what they were, but I always have struggled with uh, anxiety, not reg- like not all the time anxiety, but more like panic attacks. And I remember having my first one at age 13. And then I had them when I was touring through my 20s with my band. And I didn't they didn't know what it was. My bandmates didn't know. I didn't know what it was. Um, but I would just like, it would come out of nowhere. And it would, it, it, I always thought it was food poisoning because it kind of looked like that. It was very like empty out the body, get ready to prepare for like fight or flight. Like that, my nervous system was like shutting down, like doing the things. And it wasn't until I went to like a bunch of food doctors and got like allergy tested. And I was like, I'm lactose intolerant. That's what it's gotta be lactose intolerance. And this endocrinologist said to me, he was so great. He was like, so you could drink an entire cow and you would be fine. Like it's not <laughs> lactose intolerance. He's like, but what's going on in your life? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, I'm in, I'm, you know, I live in the city. I'm you know, New York city. I'm, I'm a musician. So that's like fairly unpredictable. I'm like dating a mountain guide. So that's a little unpredictable, but like everything's <laughs> great. He's like, so you have like a lot of unpredictability in your, I'm like, yeah, why, what, what of it? And like, I literally like mm. was answering you the question. Yeah. It was now so you know what it was. That, he was like, I think you're struggling from anxiety. And I think this is like a bot. And I was like, huh. Um, so that kind of like planted the word in in a way that I could like dig into like my own healing journey. And then the real like impetus was when I turned um, 32, 33, I, in, in a six month period, I got my first film score. So that kind of got me off the road because it's really hard to score a film and send these huge files back and forth when you're on the road. So I kind of paused touring. It's in that six month period, I also got married and my dad passed away and he was like my musical, my, my audience. Um, so I was just kind of like, like super, like, I don't know about any of this. And like, I just kind of, like my poor husband, like first year of marriage. And I was just like crying every day, you know, and I kind of had to like, be like, all right, are you doing music or not? Like, is like losing your dad, like reason to just like say, screw it. Like you were doing all this for him or like, what was, what was it, you know? And I kind of went down this, like, do I really want to get committed to this road? And I, the answer on the other end was yes. It took a while. Um, I still hadn't figured out the anxiety thing. So I started meditating. I started doing yoga, which I never thought I would have any sort of patience for. I mean, I used to do adventure racing. I was on a crew team. I'm like, go, 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 go. And I was like 
sitting? Really? Like we hold the pose for how long? Really? Yeah, slowing down. Um, What's that? The stillness <laughs> of it all is a little a little daunting. Yeah, I was like, we're not going anywhere. What? Um, so that that journaling and, and gratitude and all of these things. So I started finding looking for tools um to support that. And one of the things I was looking for was a journal. And I don't love writing like long journal entries, but I also wanted like a little bit of some prompts. So I ended up creating my own like luminary journal, I call it. And then same thing with music. I was looking for music to kind of help process emotions. And one of the things I realized my anxiety was, was a lot of like fear around putting stuff out there, but not acknowledging the fear, like shoving it down and then it would come out like volcano, right? So it wasn't, there's general anxiety disorder where you're sort of feeling like a low level anxiety all of the time. And then there is what, I struggled with which is more anxiety attacks or panic attacks where it it's fine 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 and you never know when it's going to come out so then you start thinking about it and then boom like it all like Aww. comes out and so i really got that i needed to process more of my emotions and feelings and things and so when i was looking for music to sort of support my meditation practice that i was getting into i found one of two things either music that was like um, it would like put me to sleep or it would like not do anything and I'd go to my grocery list and like it wouldn't help right I would I would be able to just escape the moment um or I would listen to like classical music where my ear would get caught with the melody and then I'd be in the music and I wasn't actually doing what I was there to do which was process emotion so I was like what if I could create music that kind of like pierced the listening, like brought you in without distracting you and like kept you there and then slowed down and turned positive and like sort of met you where you were, maybe a little mm -hmm. dark and wasn't trying to force positivity on you. So my first album that I did in a little mountain town in Greece during a composer residency was Luminary. And it was just a sort of an experiment of bringing in some of the body science of like what's a heart rate a resting heart rate supposed to be versus during a panic attack what's the tempo and like slowing things down and um and i just did this project i created 10 six minute tracks that all were designed to either release or attract something release negativity release anxiety mm -hmm. or attract love attract peace i mean there's 10 of them like that so uh, and i was like i'll just release it and see how it does i had done four pop albums beforehand and had a fan base and had toured and stuff and i released it i'm like my, my audience is gonna be like what's this and it's not gonna be a big deal i'll go back to pop i released it it was number one on itunes and number one on amazon and, and i was just like what like wow. what's happening here and, people are listening, and it got on all these meditation apps and it got on airlines and i was just like wait what what <laughs> am, I new, am I a new age artist now and I got to be weird and I got to do all this stuff so I was like okay okay let's keep going here and let's see let's explore this I love that I love sometimes yeah. how life can like show up for you in a way that's mm -hmm. like unexpected you know and it was part of your own healing journey and how you're like wait this is resonating with other people too what like is yeah. this what I'm supposed to be doing with my life yeah yeah totally and, and Cheryl, we wanted to ask you too, we had mentioned in your intro that you um, are a trauma-informed master coach. Can you get into the details of that and what inspired this journey for you and how that plays into your music career? Yeah, like back in my 20s, I was kind of, I got really hooked in personal development and manifesting. And I mean, I was that person that would like, I lived in Harlem for 12 years and like you're not supposed to find parking after midnight in Harlem like all the spaces are supposed to be taken. <laughs> Sounds like I would, like come, yeah I would come back from gigs and I'd be like there will be a spot on this corner and I just like started really small like manifesting parking spots and I was like this is magical this is amazing. like it was just I kind of got hooked um and I was like well what else can I create and how can I be the source of this and how is there healing and what like what else what else and so I just love that question what else so I I you know, I go to workshops and I got reading about just how the mind, body, spirit, all that stuff connects and got a little woo woo with it. Then I got a little practical like brain science with it. Um, and along the way, I, I ended up in some programs where I got to work on my own leadership as a coach doing this work for other people inside of structures where I got coaching and it was sort of like a, and then I got coaching on how to coach and slowly over time started gaining more and more of these coaching skills meanwhile getting my own successes inside the music industry as an independent artist and getting asked to speak at music conferences and at colleges and things like that about you know licensing music making records all the things that i was doing and i kept noticing that a lot of musicians in this space had a lot of the same questions and it seemed like everyone wanted the answer to be you know it's you need a new marketing course or you need to do this on facebook or you need and 
what I was starting to see was like, oh, there's a lot of like just self-doubt and sabotage and programming from childhood that people are like, they don't think they even deserve, they want this money or success, but they don't even think they deserve it. So they're going to keep taking actions to sabotage it. Like this has nothing to do with the music industry. And so I started to bring that into conversations. Um, I, I love marketing. I, I've taken, I've got certified as an email marketing expert, you know, just to be able to do my own music business well. So I would talk about that stuff with musicians and kind of like loop them into the marketing because that's all what they thought they needed. And then I'd be able to bring in some of this more personal holistic stuff. Um, and then last year I got certified as a trauma-informed coach, which is really bringing in the body and the somatics and listening to your nervous system and calming your nervous system down so that you can actually build a bigger body to handle the success mm -hmm. that you say you want when you've been trained to stay safe and small, literally and you know in your in your mind. So uh, I kind of bring them all in together. I use myself as a guinea pig and try out like, hey, what does it look like to really focus on a goal? Oh, when you finally focus and stop doing nine hundred things, you actually get nominated for a Grammy. So maybe yeah, you works. actually get something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, check that works. Let's. What else can we do? So, um, yeah, I kind of tie that all in, um, and I love working with other musicians. I kind of wish they're. I could have fast tracked some of the stuff that I had learned. And so I'm trying to do that for others. And I don't see a lot of people on that are creatives also providing that for creators. Like, I feel mm. like a lot of creators are like still trying to just make it from one day to the next. And I, I don't want to like make it and then stop creating and then go back and teach. I kind of want to be like, come along and like, I'll make mistakes, but I'll share what I'm doing and we can do more of what works and less of what doesn't work. And then figure that out for yourself. Cause we're not going to be on the same path. Yeah. And I think it's so important, too, because the music industry changes so much, especially now with like streaming of music and, you know, yeah. the way that we are now promoting music through Instagram and all the social platforms. So there's and technology has changed so quickly in the last 10 years yeah. um, and it continues to evolve. So it's always changing and ebbing and flowing. So I'm sure that people that you're coaching are so grateful for your advice and your knowledge and like walking them through your own path and still like sharing the different things that they can apply into their own careers as they're pursuing music. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. There's definitely like the changes, but the, I mean, there's also a lot of common denominators and stuff that hasn't changed. There's a lot of relationship based stuff in this industry. Um, there's a lot of gatekeepers and there's a lot of talking mm -hmm. to gatekeepers in the right way so that they open those gates. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. There's a, a lot of technology has changed and how to use that technology and, and not get caught up with constantly changing technology um, and how to find your baseline of predictability in a very unpredictable industry. Or that something has to be completely perfect in order for you to be able to move forward. Like being out especially when you're on a path of self-development or whatever it might be in any career that you're in, that there's going to be some learning curve for you. And that sometimes what might look like perfect when you get there isn't so perfect. And actually yeah. it was the path of getting you there. So being able to share that, you know, with creatives, especially because I think as creatives, we get stuck in a pigeonhole sometimes of it must be a certain way and look a certain way because that's what I'm told it's supposed to look like. Yeah. But I think collectively, everybody's on this like journey of trying to up level themselves overall as well. So it's starting to change what that perfection looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. On an overall scale. Okay, well, I want to hear the vision and story behind uh, The Passenger. Yes, I actually took a listen to it and it's lovely. I, yeah. I've, I've been like working on my computer and listening to all of the different tracks and it's it's been so nice. Can you tell oh, us more? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so The Passenger is my seventh album. It's my third in the new age ambient genre. Um, it, you know, I had done Luminary, my first new age record, the one that I was like, really, this is a thing? And then <laughs> COVID hit. And I did a second record called The Seeker Slumber. And that was really about the same idea of anxiety, but for sleep, like latching onto a busy mind and then slowing down over time. Um, and it's kind of the story of a day. And, and there's a couple songs that are a little more Enya, like there's there's lyrics and words, and then there's some that are not um, in that album. And I wasn't going to release a third album because I normally wait a couple years in between albums and kind of get placements or do some shows, but because of COVID, it was kind of like, well, what else am I going to do? I can, you know, can make some music here. And I wasn't planning on, on doing it necessarily, but, uh, at the end of 2021, December, uh, I was planning on going to the Grammys, which were scheduled for 
January 31st of 2022. And I was going to go with my best friend, Kevin Archambault. He and I have written a musical together. He's a theater director and writer, um, just a brilliant human being and a light at the theater up in Hudson Valley where I live. And um, he was going to be my date and he got stage four cancer. And as soon as we found out that, um, that my album Seeker Slumber didn't get nominated. He was like, I don't, I don't think I can just go just to go. Um, so I was like, that's fine. Like I, I, I'll just go by myself and look at it as like networking with people there. Um, and I was looking at plane tickets and I was like, oh my God, they're so expensive. I should just take a train. And I kind of like, I say things like that. And then I'm like, but what if I did? And I like, <laughs> have these like little moments of like, I mean, that's happened like many times and I really need to watch what I say because that's, that it happens. So then I like go down this rabbit hole and I'm like, oh my God, there's cross country trains with like little rooms. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's like so Harry Potter. It's so cute. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, all right, I'm going to book a train. And I was like, literally the next day after I booked the train ticket out to the Grammys, I was going to stay with my sister in LA and then fly home back to New York. Um, but I had the idea, like the next day, I'm like, what if I tried to like make some music on the train? And it just was an idea. And then I didn't think much of it. And then January comes around January 10th. Um, that week, Kevin passed away oh, and so sorry. Yeah, it was super sad. The awful, awful to have a friend pass away like different totally different than like a parent passing yeah. or not that either one not that there's better or worse is so different yeah um yeah. and that same week they moved the grammys because it was a covid peak till april so like grammys are canceled so i had this train ticket here for like it was like a train ticket to nothing right <laughs> like, <laughs> and like and i was supposed to leave january 22nd literally 12 days after kevin passed away and i'm like itching to get I hadn't traveled because of COVID I hadn't gotten out of my studio out of my house and I was just like exhausted from the grieving just exhausted and I was like I don't want to travel because travel is exhaust like I don't want to go anywhere I'm like if only there was a way I could travel and see the country at 80 miles an hour but also lie down the whole time and (laughs) you know that was the train trip so I was like all right let's let's do this let's do this idea and I got on the train January 22nd. I went 19 hours to Chicago, like got off the train, was so nauseous, like was like <laughs> wanted wanted to get back on the train. Like I felt like I should have been moving. I got back on the train. By then I already had like three tracks, like music. They It just like came out of me, three songs, um, all electronic. I had this little teeny keyboard. If you're watching the video, it's that little, I oh, literally yeah. bought that keyboard yeah. mm-hmm. and plugged it in my computer and I had like a bunch of different headphones. Um, and was doing all sort of electronic sounds, which is, it's the first time I didn't use my voice or a a grand piano. Normally I'm like plucking strings and I'm really using the instruments uh, as a recording. So this was totally different way for me to compose, but it really brought me back to my roots in college when I was doing what they call in the box composing just with Mm -hmm. the tools that you have inside the computer. Um, So I knew like two days in that I was going to have a full album by the end of the trip. I ended up having 12 tracks but nine of them made the record because three of them were just poop poops um (laughs) and i also knew that i was going to want to be on the train longer not because i needed time on for the music but because i just knew that there was a a lot to process and experience and kind of let and like i didn't sleep at all because like every hour it's like honk honk you know like big train um and the the you know big train sounds and the moon was like coming right into my window which i was just like i'm just gonna go with it um i brought like some candles and blankets and pillows like i really like wanted to make this like very um experience you're making me want to go on a yeah. train trip i know I, get cozy. I cannot get amtrak to call me back i'm like i am doing more press for you than you can possibly do for yourself like i yeah. like so many people are like i want to do this trip so i ended up getting to la waiting two days and then getting on a train back and going a different route wow. back um so i was nine days total in the train um and then i brought it i mixed it myself in my studio and then it went to master february 22nd right before my birthday and then it was released April 23rd last year. Oh, wow. So cool. So cool. I have a question too. Like as far as when it comes to creating the different tracks in the music, what inspires you? What sounds do you like to include? Is it something that just goes with like you were saying earlier um, that you had worked on tracks for sleep? And so mm-hmm. how do you how do you create um, the different tracks based on what you're trying to, you know, uh, target, whether From it's what's sleep coming through, or yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, uh, a little bit of it, especially when it comes to choosing the sounds, it's a little bit of trial and error for me. Um, some people call it improvising other people, you know, it depends on, um, I mean, just in terms of like the notes I'm picking. Uh, yeah, just kind of like play like it doesn't feel like it's me it feels just like I don't know what's why this key why this tempo why this um and then in terms of sounds sometimes I'm like I know I want something to be like a soft piano but I want to like distort it a little bit so I'll go in and I'll get really specific and other times I'll just say oh this is this is a synth sound I haven't used before let's try let's see what this sounds like and if I like it sometimes I'll I'll manipulate the synthesizer itself and like change the default settings and and play around with it so it is more of a unique sound and not like a sound that everyone just pulls up and uses and you hear everywhere which there are some of those so i try not to every everything got tweaked a little bit um but to answer your question it, it's kind of like a i don't know <laughs> it's like, <laughs> not super inspired like answer channel, yeah but like it channels through you yes. like that creativity that that channels through you yeah um yeah. you know it's it's following you know i call them pings or like those little moments of like oh i should do this train trip and oh yeah. maybe i should write music on this trip and okay i don't have a reason to go but i still feel like i should go and yeah. just following that that flow of what might not seem like it makes any sense at the yeah. time but then you come around and now you have a grammy nominated album yeah like, it's a it's a flow of, it. of uh inspiration i guess right like it's something yeah. that you're just feeling through it like and noel's mentioned it's being channeled through you so it's kind of like sometimes you don't even know what you're doing with your arms but here you go like you came yeah. up with this with the sound or this you know thing that's like feeling good as far as as um as it goes with that yeah and then having the trust in yourself too like, and in your own process to actually like follow through with it and, and like put it out there, you know, because yeah. it could have just been like this healing space for you or whatever it needed to be. But you're like, wait, no, there's something actually here that yeah. I need to share. I think that's what I learned from the other two new age albums is like, even if it was just a healing space for me, someone might, like, I have a big yeah. enough fan base that someone would listen to it, that I could put it on the meditation apps that except my music, I could like, I could do stuff with it, even if it wasn't like the thing. Um, and, you know, I knew I could release it. And, and I also was prepared to not release it. Like I had said, Hey, I'm going to be doing this thing. Let's see if I do it. I had a little like real time map where you could follow the train that I was on, which is like a little creepy. I'm glad I don't have stalkers, but um, <laughs> like, I definitely like brought my fans with me along the journey and kind of was like, here's the inside of this process. Um, I took a lot of video footage and, and like tried to organize it at the end of every day and like get it out to, um, you know, make Instagram reels of just like, here's what we saw today. Luckily my rooms on, mo you have to change trains a couple times, but I always had a bottom floor, uh, they're double decker rooms. Mm -hmm. And I always had a bottom floor. So whenever we stopped and they called them fresh air breaks, but it was really smoking breaks, which is just ironic. Um, but I would go out <laughs> with a paper towel and I would like wash my window so that I had really good, um, cause like they get muddy and streaks and like it was snow and yeah. like it was, you know, and, I got all the jokes. People be like, "Come do mine," and the conductor being like, "We're hiring you," and like all. The, and I'm the just fact like, that you thought to do this. That's so like, hilarious. So I have a perfect vision. Yeah, I, I was like, get that Instagram content. Exactly. I'm like, you guys can laugh, but my videos are going to be streak free, and they're going to be better than your videos. So, just saying. yeah. So note if you're going on a train trip across country to bring your window cleaner with you, yeah, uh, because <laughs> you will want you will want streak free windows. <laughs> no, Cheryl, I wanted to ask you, like, I'm curious to know what you or like how you reacted when you found out that you were nominated for a Grammy, because that's a big deal. Share like, the story. I think yes. that's great. <laughs> did you scream? Did you jump for joy? Did you do cartwheels? Or did you not? Did you just tell Mariana where you're at? <laughs> I did not have, I don't know. I'm trying to tell, I can't, sometimes I can't, people ask me that and they know the story and other people ask me and they don't know the story, but I did not have a lot of room. I was in the two days into a seven day meditation brain science retreat with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Oh, love and him. So I'm in this big conference room in a big hotel in Orlando, Florida, and there's 2000 people in this room, literally 2000 people, it was 2000 people in the meditation retreat. And, um, I had connected, there was a group 
of people that were attending ahead of time on Facebook. So you sort of got to chat and share like what your intention was and blah, blah, blah. And I think someone had like recognized me or we had mutual friends and she's also a new age artist. And she had also submitted her album for the nomination and we ran into each other in line at the registration. So I had this, this contact, her name's Charlene. She's a beautiful actress and musician. And I had decided fast forward to Tuesday when I knew that they were announcing the nominees. Um, they were announcing them at one o'clock and the Grammys sort of do this whole live stream and it's like one to two o'clock and we had a break at one o'clock and we're coming back at 1 30 for a two-hour meditation and I was like you know what if they don't announce it by 1 30 I'm gonna be so anxious like I'm just I'm just gonna turn my phone off at one o'clock go to the lunch break come back to the meditation and I'll turn my phone on and I'll know afterwards like I'll like when we do our late late lunch so my my phone was off and they're I'm back from the break and they're closing the light, turning the lights, closing the doors. And once you leave, you can't come back in for the meditation. So I was like, get, you know, getting settled for this meditation. And Charlene somehow finds me in 2000 people and comes up to me and she says, congratulations on your nomination. Because she was watching the live stream on her phone and, and was waiting till the last second. You know, she was going to turn her phone off too, but like she waited till the last second. And I was just like, what? What? Oh my God. Oh my God. What? Like, I like, literally, I kept saying what? And I'm luckily, I was <laughs> way in the back. Like, we had sections and your section moved. And like, I, my section for that segment was like in the back row. So I'm like freaking out. I turn my phone on and I go call my mom really fast. I'm like crying. And, Aww. um, the music was playing, you know, like coming into the conference, like while mm -hmm. people were coming back from the break. Um, Narles Barkley's Crazy was playing. Yes. <laughs> and that song was, uh, I, I took a couple of orchestration classes at Juilliard. And in 2011, which is just a year before my dad passed away, they all, my whole family came to watch um, the Juilliard Orchestra, like perform my final exam, which is, was to take any song that has never been orchestrated for an orchestra and and turn it into an orchestra piece. So I took crazy, Narles Barkley's crazy. Oh, oh my God, wow. And turned it into this orchestra piece. You can find it on YouTube. It's very cool. It sounds like a film score. You can't tell that it's crazy until halfway through the piece. And I remember my dad just like thinking that was the coolest thing. So the fact that that song was playing while mm -hmm. she told me. And I got chills. Yeah. yeah. So then I called my mom and I'm like, I only have like 20 seconds, but I got nominated for a Grammy. And then she's freaking out. And I saw that my sister had texted me and I just said, I got it. And, and she told me later, she's like, I didn't even know what you were talking about. Like she, she like, you know, and then I just turned my phone. Off. I didn't call my husband. I didn't call like anyone. I was just like, cause then they were like lights off. The lights doors are down. Like, like two hours like, meditation. Yes. And then it's like, <laughs> and close your eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> so like, many thoughts. There. Yeah, sitting there with my I'm like, when do you get really crazy life changing news and then just sit with yourself for two hours? For like two that hours. is not a thing we do. Yeah. Like in Joe Dispenza, like, yeah, because you're wanting to share it. You want to like now post about it, whatever it is. Like there's never that moment where you just take it in mm -hmm. for yourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. what an amazing life. Yeah. Like, how were those two hours? Yeah, that was, that, that was came out. I really wanted to be present. And it's so funny because that was the first meditation where it was like creating a future, like pulling in a future and like finding an event in the quantum, like it, based on the idea that like all futures exist and you just need to act and be the frequency of the one that you want to pull in. And so I... I was like, I really want to focus because now it's not about pulling in a nomination. It's now pulling in the wind. Yeah. Like there's a yeah. different frequency. There's a different feeling in the body that I have to generate. And, but I was like, all right, I'll get to it. But I just like the first half an hour, I just was like crying. I was thinking about my dad. I was thinking about Kevin. I was thinking about like, this is the first one that I like mixed myself, my first album and like trusted myself to mix. It's a, I did my own album cover. It's the first time I didn't hire out for a bunch of the stuff that I normally like would never assume that I'm good enough to do. And I'm like, this is the one that got nominated. Okay. Um, just like a lot of gratitude, a lot of like big emotions. And I went through my, and by the end, I was just like, okay, it, now the rest of the week, we're going to be pulling in a Grammy win and like using yes. these meditations to like find that and really focus on that. And we'll see how See how well this. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I I have. Like I'm, I'm Joe dispensing it. I'm yes. Joe dispensing. I have okay? a good feeling that you're gonna manifest that, just like you've manifested everything up to this point. And I mean, the flow yeah, is just it's amazing. You know, to witness and see. 
It's crazy. Yeah. Well, so someone like that I don't know sent me a message and along these numer I like numerology, like I know my number is seven or whatever, but like in 23 is like a thing for me. But other than that, I'm like, I don't quite get the world of it. And this woman that I don't know sent me a message. She's like, sorry if I'm overstepping, but like I just, I noticed I did a post, I found a journal entry from my birthday, that 23rd birthday. Mm -hmm. And it was like, hey, I just, I feel like I figured out my goal for a while. I want to win a Grammy. And I wrote it down in my journal in 2003. So 20 years ago. And uh, she's like, I saw your your little post that you did about your journal entry. And I just want to let you know that like, because it's 2023, it's an act like the number 23 is like activated in a good way, like in numerology terms, right? Energetically. And she's like, also two plus three equals five. And the Grammys are on February 5th. So like that day is activated. And I'm like, mm. okay. She's like, yeah. so you're <laughs> I was like, I'm you're listening. Like, you're in line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, tell me more. She's like, no, you just have like double, triple activation because of your birthday and like all this stuff. And I was just like, I I will take your activation predictions. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes, I claim that. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Continue. Well, yeah. I think oh, that's also oh. just like a way that the universe is channeling what is yours through someone. Like it's a an affirmation of what's happening because of what you put out there, what you attracted, what you've really set your intentions to. And that's just like another confirmation. So it's like it's a nice, nice little reminder. Thanks, universe. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> There's little signs that show up. That's right. It's so interesting. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and we were talking about like signs and stuff. I'm like, they don't have to be big. I'm like, sometimes when you just kind of take a moment, you realize that they're being shown to you all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're big and loud, especially when you don't pay attention. But, you know, sometimes it can be the simplest little thing and you're like, oh, you know, and just take that moment to be like, yeah, thank you. You know, so that the next one can come and the next one can come and you can actually be guided in the direction you need to go. Yeah. You know, and taking the time to get quiet and actually listen, you know, which is, I think, the hardest part for most of us. Oh, my God. Speaking for myself. Meditating. Yeah. I'm trying really hard. Okay, yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, I'm not. Not trying. Not trying at all. But then I'm like, one eye open. I'm like, is it done yet? And so I look at yeah. my, is that timer going off yet? I used to try and set timers. So I'd like, okay, you're going to do five minutes. I'd always come out like there'd be like 10 seconds left. I'm like, really? It's so close. So close. Yeah. No, I'm curious, like how has your, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I like the, uh, I don't know if this is Joe Dispenza or someone else says like when I'm really, really busy and I'm like, oh, I can't afford to, to meditate. The, the answer to that is how can you afford not to like when, mm. when you're most busy, most distracted. And I've sort of taken that on. It's like, I'm feeling like extra pressure or doubt or whatever. And I got to go handle it and do, and I'm like, no, that's the moment where I need to actually pause. And, and that's been working for me. It's taken some willpower to get to that point, but yeah. yeah. Well, especially when you have anxiety, cause mm -hmm. I, I have, you know, again, it was something I never put the word anxiety on. Cause I was like, oh, I'm not anxious. It's not, but now when I look at the overall picture, I'm like, oh, that's anxiety. That's, mm -hmm. it shows up for me in like overthinking and some OCD and what have you, but it's anxiety. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, I get anxious trying to meditate about the meditation process and how I was supposed to do it as yeah. opposed to just letting myself get quiet, like understanding that whatever way I can quiet my mind, whether it be with like some sort of meditation music playing, quiet, lighting a candle, whatever that process looks like, it's just taking that moment to get quiet. And like you said, when having that reason of I don't have time to do it, just building that anxiety layer a little bit bigger. So it's like to the point where I crash and, yeah. and it's almost like I have to do it or crashing looks like getting sick to me or it always shows up in my body, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm like almost enforced meditation and relaxation yeah. as opposed yeah. to being proactive in that space. And Cheryl, you brought up a good point too, because you know, you're when you're feeling the anxiety, a lot of times we feel like we have to take action into doing something. But a lot of times we don't realize that taking action from that place of anxiety, fear, you know, whatever you're feeling, it's is going to kind of create a snowball effect of other things that may create even more anxiety in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the anxiety around anxiety is a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, I never wanted to put a word to it like a label or yeah. a type and this is recently that I've just now realized it's actually anxiety we're just gonna yeah. name it for what it is and it's almost like a relief now because I'm like oh okay now I yeah. can see it even better yeah absolutely I definitely um I mean meditating daily was a thing so I'm on um I stopped counting days at 1650 1650 days straight of oh, meditating wow. um because now I'm going into just half years so I'm at 
four and a half years, <laughs> April will be f five years of meditating every single day straight, like not missing a day, five minutes minimum, but now I'm doing my minimum is 15 minutes. And I haven't had a full blown, like really huge anxiety attack probably since I two or three months into starting that. Um, mm -hmm. And like, definitely not since I have done this program that I did last year to get certified as a trauma-informed coach, because I think a lot of my anxiety was stuff that was suppressed in my body. Mm -hmm. And so my mind was like, well, I know this shouldn't be a thing. I know I shouldn't feel fear. I know I can be brave. I know I have evidence, but like something was still stuck. And yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever read the, the book, The Body Keeps Score, but that's the yes. idea is that it really does until you release that. And can talk to it and can breathe through it and can like practice getting outside your comfort zone and and breathing through it when you're not comfortable and not comfortable could mean making more money than you've made before right what's comfortable mm -hmm. is starving artist for a lot of people this is in the music world right and so outside of starving artist is technically outside the comfort zone and so mm -hmm. we'll do anything to get back into that that thermostat setting that we got set probably when we were kids right of like for me, it was like, you have to work hard to get a good job, to have a good life. And I don't feel like I'm working hard because I love what I do. So I had this thing that I had to get over of like, I'm not working hard enough. Therefore, I don't deserve any of this stuff or it's not supposed to come to me. So anytime I started seeing successes, somehow it would get sabotaged or I would just lose it. Right. And that was yeah. me outside the comfort zone doing what subconsciously, of course, no one's doing this mm. on purpose like success came easily. So therefore it shouldn't have come in the first place, get back into the comfort zone, which is success is hard. Success is hard yeah. until we practice. So I would go get success, breathe through it. Oof, this feels like not comfortable. This feels like I don't deserve, I hear the voices and start really like noticing that. And then I can expand that comfort zone to include success and include success and include a nomination. And I wasn't ready for it two years ago, three years ago, 10 years ago, because I, I just didn't have, I hadn't built the body that could receive it. I think that's so key because I, I think that I can relate to a lot of that too. It's like you you have this comfort zone of a story that you've been telling yourself. Um, and a lot of it's like in you before you're even born. You know, it's like some of these behaviors that you pick up from your, your family is just in you. And then a lot of it happens in the first, you know, three to five years of your life of these attachments and things that you pick up that you're not even aware of that then you carry on into your adult life and until you start unpacking them and kind of going back to the core because like you said like starving artists represented something you know what I, what am i it's kind of like the single mom story for me like you know a single mom like it was like this thing and i'm like no i'm I'm a solo parent. Yeah, but it's not my story. It's not defining mm -hmm. me anymore. Like an it's not, mm -hmm. I don't have to suffer. Like a, yeah. because I'm a single mom, I don't single mom doesn't equal suffering. And for a long time that's what it seemed like to me. And be a little less suffering and then be like, oh no, I gotta suffer again. You know, yeah. and getting myself out of that pattern. But it's amazing, like you said, how you don't even it just starts to happen. You are like you're subconsciously like sabotaging your life. Like you have success and you're like, Oh, I'm 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 feeling good. And it's like, oh, but this is Ooh, what is this? This is like uncomfortable mm -hmm. in my body. So I'm going to go back to where I am comfortable, which is in yeah. the space of like, oh, and, and it, it's shown in my life. So it's interesting when you become aware of this, how like even just taking those little steps so that it's like, okay, a little bit more success. Now, now I don't fall so far back. Right. Yeah. And so that I can like get myself to like a Grammy where you're at today and ultimately winning a Grammy. Yes. No. And I think too, like, it's about really letting go of those patterns and behaviors that no longer serve you and having to unlearn to relearn, which yep. is a big task because I mean, if you're used to doing something for so long and you have this mindset, it's hard to, to make those changes and those pivots and to be honest with yourself and take that time to face whatever the fear might be, the anxiety might be, you know, to, to try and, and resolve it in a way that you can then move forward and, and kind of go past that. So it's definitely a process in, in, in trying to be a better version of yourself to try to really like educate yourself into what is working and what's not working for you. So yeah. it's, it's so interesting. And, and I wanted to ask you, Cheryl, how has your growth and journey continued since your nomination and what are you doing to prepare for this amazing mm -hmm. Grammy win? <laughs> are you taking another train to LA? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't have too many outfits to bring. Um, 
although a train does let you have more baggage than an airplane, but um, no, I'm not going <laughs> to take, take a train out. I, uh, uh, yeah, what am I doing? So I really, one of the things was like, for me, early on in the Grammy dream, it was really about, I think it was about just being cool and like my ego. And it was like a very young kind of dream and young motivation. And at, over the years, I really started to look at like, what is it about the Grammy? And for me, it became more about like, not about the Grammy necessarily, but more of a, a quality check for me. Like, am I creating something that is of the quality of a Grammy nominee? Could it be potentially nominated? Whether or not it becomes nominated isn't really the point. Is this the, the quality of? Am I living the life of someone who's up to winning a Grammy? Um, and then it became just a milestone. And and people would be like, why do you want a Grammy? And it kind of, my answer started to be like, because I said so. And like that. <laughs> because like, I can. Really the, like really yeah. that's it and because i'm um like joe dispenza says in his meditations like when you're doing this sort of pull it's like your experiment with destiny like let's see can i pull this in and so i started thinking about like what's beyond because it's not an end goal cool done with music by uh like what right. is next and you know this year i'm looking to find more homes for the music more tv placements and and actual like sync relationships it is a relationship business and it's something i used to do with my pop stuff and i haven't started with new age yet just because i've been constantly creating so you know i have i i it's definitely i get more emails opened because i'm like grammy nominee interested in your company like that gets more emails opened than than not um and so i've been trying to just leverage that and i i mean someone said to me maybe it was yeah it was a host at this party I went to like to it was he was speaking to all the nominees he was like your obituary has forever changed <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, like I can never not be a nominee again mm -hmm. um so I'm just trying to like you know I know people that have won and like nothing they haven't really done much and they're like I didn't really do much um I am like not interested in that I'm interested in yeah. really leveraging and this is sort of how I always operate is like how can I take a tiny opportunity and make it much bigger. Um, I want to use this as a platform. I think that there's a massive pay gap in the music industry, gender pay gap between gatekeepers favoring male artists. Um, and mm -hmm. I've, I've been tracking a couple different stations and playlists and things that really only highlight male artists, the ones that pay really well so that there's this pay money funnel going into male artists and this has nothing to do with the male artists quality of their music it just happens to be that like they get money from the payments and they can go spend it on press so they get noticed more so then they get chosen again and then they get more money because they got chosen and so there's this like cycle and uh i'm very interested in in shifting that and who and just the awareness of that so i think having this grammy word attached to my name whether it's nominee or winner or whatever is going to help do that um that's crazy yeah, that there's I have, still like a huge pay gap between it, it it shocks me like i mean it doesn't shock me but it's just it's interesting to me that in so many different fields there's still a huge pay gap between men and women there's there's one um i'm tracking a couple different stations and playlists so i'll like remain they'll remain nameless until i come out with it but um there's one that i track that's like three out of every 25 um of their most played during the day songs are women like that's the that's like that's the it? highest yeah. the highest i've seen is three out of 25. wow, um, wow. i'm gonna like listen more carefully now because i guess i just don't even it's not something i would have ever thought about yeah. um but it's it's just interesting that that's and i feel like because things are changing the conversations are changing so much there's there's such an opening for that and mm -hmm. an opening like you said for um product placement and stuff like there's i think because of the way things are shifting there is going to be more opportunity for music like new age music because that's yeah. what people are looking for as opposed to just like the pop hip song i do yeah i do think that there is a a, a massive global shift to self-awareness a little bit and it's taking yeah. some time um and to me like the when new age music is done correctly it's providing a foundation for people to experience whatever they need to experience versus a really cool like breakup song and country song or like a kick-ass Katy perry song where you're like you're you're going to that music to be dictated in emotion and like that's the yeah. beauty of music is that it it can kind of dictate and change your emotions but i think sometimes we actually need to be able to process our own and that is how i think new age music is really different or at least as a creator having come from pop you know when i'm saying this is my experience and this is a sad experience versus i happen to have a sad experience 
but that doesn't mean that when you listen to this, you should like the passenger, even though I was grieving is not a grieving album. It's, mm -hmm. it is a contemplative yeah. album. I've been told I've had people that were like, Hey, I was just in the hospital for two weeks and all I did was listen to this album. And I am like, so much better because of it like it could like people have said it's a healing album and i have heard people say that they've cried to it and it's they hear the grief in it like great but that's not that wasn't i did not set out to do that i did not set out to write a breakup album or a death album right. or a, you know <laughs> um, so yeah <laughs> well cheryl we always ask what advice would you offer for others to find their own bliss oh i think uh know what it is like if you know what the bliss is you're going to be it's you're going to attract it to that much faster but that doesn't mean to be closed off to anything like be know what it is get specific enough that you can visualize what it feels like when the bliss is present whatever that is for you mm -hmm. and be open to being surprised and be open to it coming to you in ways you haven't thought of uh, you don't want to get so specific that you close off something that could be a bigger bliss right Love that. yeah like you said, attached to like the feeling of it as opposed to the specific thing of what it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. like if you already have it, whatever that is, uh, what would that feel like? And if you can kind of sit with that, that's what all my meditations are. It's like, what does it feel like to be a Grammy winner? Because once I feel that in my body, I know that my our brains don't know the difference between a thing that has happened and a thing that we have mm -hmm. thought about mm -hmm. has happened. So if my brain, if I'm going to take actions as a Grammy winner, just to use that as an example, then I need to be sitting in the body that thinks I've won a Grammy. So, yeah. and it's, so it's a little bit more than just like creating a vision board, right? It's, it's really getting that somatic element element. Love that. Yeah, well, the feeling yeah. that that vision gives you. Yeah, exactly. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much. We're so grateful to have had you on and to share your journey with us. And where could our listeners find you if they're interested in reaching out to you? Everything is at cbemusic.com. And that's also my Instagram, cbcbe music. Um, <laughs> so between those two places, you can definitely get in touch with me, listen to all the things, find things, sign up for email list, all that jazz. I'm going to go back and listen to some of your other stuff. I didn't know, like I hadn't dug deep into the previous one. So I have been listening to The Passenger. So it's, I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Cheryl. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, such a lovely conversation with Cheryl and just so inspiring hearing her story of really just following and finding her flow in her life and watching how it has, you know, come to fruition over the last couple of years. And now with a Grammy nomination, I, it's just, it's so powerful. Yes. I loved the fact that she really spoke about taking a moment and taking the time to sometimes sit with yourself to really process whatever is happening in your life and to guide you through what you want to manifest. So I thought that was mm -hmm. a really uh, great point to make. And if you want to know more about Cheryl, feel free to check out her website. Her website is cbemusic.com and she's also available on Instagram at cbemusic. And if you want to know more about us, you can find us at theblissproject777.com or on Instagram at theblissproject777. And if you like what you're hearing as we move into season three, we would love if you could go over to iTunes and leave us a review.